Hi, this is Lori. And this is Rachel. Welcome to Tales, Tales from, from the Rock Side. Hello. Morning, Rachel. Good morning. How are you? Tired. Tired? Yeah. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Mostly awake. That's good. Yeah. I just drank my coffee, so. Yeah. Yeah. So a little, you know. Yeah. You haven't been up for very long. Right. All right. What are we doing today? Today, we're recording this a little early because we're going out of town. Yep. So, um, today, because you like a good conspiracy, psychic phenomenon, that kind of stuff. Give it to me. All day, every day. We're going to talk about the Buddy Holly curse. Woohoo! Yeah. A curse! A curse. A curse! Oh, yeah. Did we say our names or... Oh, well, we do it. We have that intro, so... Oh, I always forget that we have the intro. Never mind. Hi! This is Lori. Hey, I'm Rachel. I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway. Um, primary source material for this episode is from the book Take a Walk on the Dark Side by R. Gary Patterson by The Guardian and Wikipedia. Cool. So mostly we're going to be talking about Eddie Cochran and Bobby Fuller and then just some other, touch on some other strange little coincidences. Give me all them coincidences. So, yeah. So we'll start out with Eddie Cochran. Mm-hmm. He was born October 3rd, 1938. You probably don't know him, do you? Nope. You might know, you might have heard of a couple of his songs because his songs have been covered quite a bit. Um, he was pri- he was an early rock star. He was primarily known for his guitar playing. Oh, okay. He was pretty young when he was successful, and then he died very young. Right. So um, his songs were like Twenty Flight Rock, Come On Everybody, Something Else, and his biggest hit was Summertime Blues. Uh, Which, not ringing any bells right now. You've probably heard the Who's version of Summertime Probably. Blues. Yeah. Um, but his songs were like, they were about, a lot about like being a teenager and like the boredom that you are with a teenager. Yeah. And, like, you just want to go out and party and have fun and, you know, being frustrated because you can't really get going and stuff. What, uh, how old would he have been at this point? Um, when he had his hits, he was probably like 1920. Okay. Um, because I think he was like, he was like either 21 or 23 when he died. Oof. He was either 21 or Bobby Fuller was 21. Okay. And the other one was 23. They both died really young. Gotcha. So, but he was, like I said, he was a really good guitar player. He experimented with multi-track recording, with distortion, with overdubbing, even on his, like, earliest singles. And he played guitar, piano, bass, and drums. Oh, okay. Um, he was a really good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. And he just, he had that kind of, his vibe was that kind of like bad boy. Right. But not like a super, super bad boy. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, not like Marilyn Manson or anything. Yeah. But he was like, he was the kind that he was like just rebellious enough that he'd piss your parents off. So, oh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, like girls really, really liked well, him yeah. for that. And guys liked him because he was kind of like, like he was a guitar he was player. Like a, he was good. Yeah. His music was like fun and party. And... Well, yeah, that thing of like, oh, all the dudes will be his friends. Yeah, 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 he really was. I think that he really, really would have gone far if he'd lived. Right. Yeah, because he, he was a very good musician. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the first rock and roll artists to write his own songs. Oh, wow. And to use overdubbing. He's also credited for being one of the first to use an unwound third string in order to bend notes. Like, not, I mean, not totally unwound, but, like, the third string was looser on his uh-huh. guitar so that he could do that bending oh, thing. Oh, okay. 
Um, he could bend it notes up to a whole tone, which a lot of guitarists use. Oh, okay, yeah. Pretty much in rock and roll became real like a staple. A common thing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, his sound is really closely tied to the guitar he used, which was a hollow body Gretsch, Jed Atkins Western model. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of iconic to him. Right. Yeah. He became friends with Buddy Holly, mm. and he was scheduled to be on the winter dance party tour with Buddy and Richie Valens. Oh, okay. But he had an appearance on the Ed Sullivan TV show scheduled in February. Mm-hmm. And Buddy told him that's more important than freezing on this tour for oh, the for Midwest. Sure. It was not an important tour. So Eddie didn't go, and the Big Bopper went instead. Yeah. So, and we all know what happened then. Yes. Um, after the plane crash that killed Buddy, Richie and the Big Bopper, Eddie Cochran, he was really shook up. Oh, for sure. Obviously, these were good friends of his. These were good friends, and it was going to be... And he, he was, was supposed in, to be on. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to try speaking into the mic. I'm sorry. taking pictures of the dog, Rachel. She's being really cute. She is being cute, but. Sorry. I mean, we are recording a podcast, not a, not a photography session. Sorry. <laughs> she's just really cute today. We brought her in here so that you wouldn't hear that tip, tip, tappy, tap, and all she's doing is distracting Rachel, so we she's still haven't so figured cute. out our dog solution. What a baby. Yeah. Either she's making tippy tappies or she's distracting Rachel. <laughs> it doesn't take much to distract me, though, let's be honest. It's just true. It's anyway, just true. all right, tell me, tell me, tell me about how he's a little, he's feeling a little uh, sad. Okay. Um, I'm back. <laughs> He recorded a tribute song uh-huh. called Three Stars. Aww. But the session was so emotional that he told the producer that if the song was released, he would never cut another record. So it, they held it back. It didn't go released until after he died. Yeah. He, released it. he kind of became obsessed with the thought that he was going to die young, too. Yeah. And that he was going to die violently. No fun. Um, you know, he was still, he was touring and stuff, but he he, he had a hard time, like, booking his tours because of the travel situation mm-hmm. and you know and like I said he was really going through some major depression and he was on tour in England mm-hmm. and he asked his fiance Sharon Sheely to join him on the tour because he was depressed and she was a songwriter too I yeah had written some songs. well yeah I mean you know if he's not doing so hot and he's still touring yes. and shit he probably should have somebody around yeah <laughs> you know on Saturday April 16th 1960 it was about uh 1150 p.m. Mm-hmm. He, they were um, him and his girlfriend, his fiance. They were in a taxi on the on the way to the airport mm-hmm. um, to get to the next gig, and they had Gene Vincent, who was also on the tour with them. He was an early rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were in the. It's really hard for me I'm to listening. talk. I'm listening. I'm sorry. Faces at the dog. She's so stinking cute. <laughs> so um, they were in a taxi on the going to the airport to make it to the next gig. Okay. And. The taxi driver was speeding, Oops. and he lost control of the vehicle, and he crashed into a lamppost on Rowden Hill. Ow. Um, or Rowden Hill, I'm not sure. How to I don't know. It. But there was a plaque today that still marks the site Is of that it, car crash. So was it actually actually like a hill? They were going downhill? It did. Uh, that's Does, just the name of the road. You don't know? Just, yeah, I was just, just curious. Uh, no other vehicles were involved in the incident. Yeah. And at the moment of impact, Eddie threw himself over Sharon to protect her. Oh. Yeah. And, but they were both thrown out of the car when the rear passenger door opened at, at the collision. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, they're in the back seat, too, so you yeah. know no one had it. And, of course, in the, this, this is, is in 1960, so, yeah, so no one's got seatbelts no on. Um, Where are seatbelts? Yeah. He was taken to St. Martin's Hospital in Bath, but he had suffered severe head injuries, and he died at 410 
uh, p.m. the following day, which Ouch. was Easter Sunday, 1960, at the age of 21. Oh, okay, he so he was 21. Sharon suffered a broken neck, but she survived, mm -hmm. and Gene Vincent sustained injuries to his leg that had already been damaged in a motorcycle oh, okay. accident, and uh, that it ultimately shortened his career and his life. He had, he, and like he, he limped through the rest of his life. Man. And he, I think he like became a pretty severe alcoholic to deal with oh, okay. the pain yeah. too. So, um, the but, driver, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, the drivers, he survived. Um, he probably had a seatbelt on. Probably. <laughs> um, he was convicted of dangerous driving. He was fined 50 pounds and in default of payment, he had six months in prison and he was disqualified for driving for 15 years. Okay. So, um, in 1987, uh, Eddie Cochran was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and his songs have been recorded by a wide variety of recording artists. And I've got, I've got some of the covers right okay. on the playlist. He was a big influence on Brian Setzer of the Stray Cats. Oh, okay. And um, Brian Setzer has always played a hollow body Gretsch, mm -hmm. pretty similar to Eddie's. And he also portrayed Eddie in the movie La Bamba. Oh, okay. Which is about uh, Richie Valens. Right. Um, and yeah, if really, if you know who Brian Setzer is and what he looks like, it's very, very similar to Eddie Cochran. Wow. A little more exaggerated. Right. Um, but definitely, Eddie Cochran was a big influence right. on Brian Setzer. Okay, so that was his, you know, he was connected to Buddy. Right. Died early. Yeah, well, he had a, it's interesting, too, that he had, like, a, overwhelming not maybe not fear but like feeling that he was also going to die early yeah yeah you know? that's yeah. that's interesting yeah and whether that was depression or whether it was an actual premonition uh, who, knows? who knows but yeah he definitely kind of obsessed over it yeah he felt that like you know and i'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was supposed to be on yeah. that tour and would probably have been on the plane yeah. too like final destination yeah 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 cuz you think about like I said, not only was he supposed to be on the tour, but, you know, if you're offered, oh, hey, you can get on this plane and get to our destination yeah. in, you know, a couple hours versus you can spend the next day and a half sitting on a converted school bus. Yeah, that's, that's fucking cold. Has no heat yeah, at all. Exactly. I mean, obviously you're going to pick the, the, comfy the plane. more comfortable one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, okay. So now we're going to talk about Bobby Fuller. Okay. Final Destination, victim number two. Number two. Uh, Bobby Fuller, he had a band with his brother in the early 1960s, the Bobby Fuller Four. Cute. He came out of Texas, like like uh, Buddy, mm -hmm. and he mo modeled his early sound on Buddy's. He was real influenced by Buddy Holly. Mm -hmm. He came to the attention of Norman Petty through a demo tape initially was sent to Buddy Holly's parents. Oh. He had a demo that was sent to Buddy Holly's parents. They forwarded it on to Norman Petty. Norman Petty had been Buddy Holly's producer. Right. So, and he, and Norman Petty produced a couple of songs for Bobby Fuller. It's kind of like Buddy, Bobby, Buddy, Bobby. Yeah, seriously. Uh, which had been local hits, but they didn't really break nationally. Right. So, Bobby moved to Los Angeles in 1964 with his band. Mm -hmm. The five. The full, four. Four. Bobby, Sorry. Bobby Fuller, four. For some reason, I want to say five. It's not five, Sorry. though. It's okay. And they were signed to Mustang Records by producer Bob Keane, who was noted for having discovered Richie Valens. Ah. connection. The, um, the flow chart on this is wild. I know. <laughs> uh, this was a time when, like, this is 1964, so the British invasion is in full swing, and folk rock is 
you know, a lot of the time. Right. And there's also a lot of surf sound going on with oh, like, yeah. the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean. And well, yeah, and this is also, artists. I'm sure in LA, the surf sound is a yes. lot heavier yes. as well. Yeah, and Bobby kind of experimented a little with the surf sound, but didn't, it still didn't, didn't do, it do anything for him. So he kind of went, pulled back a little bit, went back to the more Buddy Holly style. Oh, okay. Real classic Texas rock and roll. Right. And so then he had a top 40 hit with a song he, that he wrote called Let Her Dance. And then he had his biggest hit, which was I Fought the Law. Oh, I know that song. Yeah. Hey, there we go. And that peaked at number nine on the Billboard charts in March 1966. And the song was originally written and recorded by Sonny Curtis, who had become a member of Buddy Holly's former group, The Crickets, ah. after Buddy's death. Okay. Another connection. And then the last hit that Bobby Fuller had was a cover of a Buddy Holly song, Love's Made a Fool of You. Oh. For connection. Okay, and this one, this this is weird. All right. Okay. I mean, he's already had a lot. I mean, the first guy had a lot of connections as well, but he actually, like, knew Buddy Holly. Yes. This one's a little weirder because he didn't know him. Because he didn't know him, but he knew all the, but, like, because yeah. he came out of Texas, so I think there was a lot of that, you I'm know, sure. connections I'm because sure. he's meeting the same people that had met oh that yeah buddy. for sure yeah. but still it's a little weirder that it's yeah. like yeah. you know okay give me the weirdo okay. the weirdo stuff within months of i fought the law becoming a top 10 hit bobby fuller was found dead in an automobile parked outside of his hollywood apartment okay okay the story starts that at 1 a.m on july 18th 1966 he got a call at his apartment and he shared this apartment with his mother mm-hmm. and he was like 22 23 right he was pretty young um, so he got a call and he told her he'd be right back. Okay. And he, d- but he didn't return by the next morning. So his mother asked the band's road manager to start looking for his car. Mm-hmm. And he had taken, he had a car of his own, but he, for some reason had taken her car that day. Okay. Um, at approximately 5 PM the next day, she noticed that the car was in the driveway and it was like, they said it was like 30 minutes. She that the car wasn't there. And then I don't know, she was doing something and then she looked out and it was like, the car was there. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So she went out to check, and she found Bobby's body lying across the seat. Oh. His hair was matted. His clothes were soaked in gasoline. Okay. Later on, gasoline was also found in his stomach. Okay. Initial reports were pointed to suicide. That Um, seems like a really extreme way to kill yourself. Yes. Um, And apparently, it looked like he had been beaten. There was a lot of bruising around his face and chest. Uh Uh-huh. Um, this is the LA Times reported musician Robert Fuller, 23, was found dead on the parking lot of his Hollywood apartment house with a plastic hose in his hand, leading to a gas can. Okay. Um, some reports later on said that he was beaten, but the coroner's report said Bobby's face, chest, and side were covered in petechial hemorrhages, probably caused by gasoline vapors and the summer heat. But they found no bruises, no broken bones, and no cuts. Okay. No evidence of beating. That's what the coroner's report said. But like right. I said, there was a lot of reports at the time. And whether it was people just looking at him and seeing these... Bruises. Yeah. 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 Um, also in the report, the boxes for accident and the box for suicide were both checked. Oh, that's weird. But next to them were question marks. Well, that... I mean, I there's a lot of question marks already. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't there a box for undetermined? There is. They didn't mark that one. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. The police treated it as a suicide. They closed the case without even brushing for fingerprints or interviewing anyone. Feels like... That feels like a rush. That feels like a rush. Feels like a rush. Um, 
but like I said, the car had not been in the driveway for more than 30 minutes before his mother found it, and mm-hmm. yet his his body was in an advanced state of rigor mortis. But rigor mortis can kind of happen, There, if there's no, like, set time for rigor mortis, really. Yeah. It's, like, anywhere. Now, that is really early. If it was only, like, a half hour, that would be really quick. Well, yeah, to think of it, it was a half an hour that he would have pulled up in the car. Yeah. Been killed. Well, or died or saying, whatever. They're saying, if it's a suicide, they're talking suicide. Okay. They're, they're saying that he had a hose and a gas can. Mm-hmm. So he pulls up into the front driveway, I guess starts sucking gasoline Which down. Which, you wouldn't, you, you would vomit. I would think. I don't know. I don't know how you... The, commit suicide by gasoline. I don't really want to know. Yeah, I mean, like, I would just assume that your body's reflex would be to vomit that. I would up. think so, too. Yeah. Um, like I said, just, just do it to the point where you die. Right. Die, and then go into rigor mortis, and all of this is happening in, in 30 under minutes? 30 That's minutes. That's not a thing. Yeah. No, it's like, I think it's like anywhere from, like, 45 minutes to, like, six hours or some shit like that. Yeah. And you have to, like physically break rigor mortis yeah if you're trying to like set a body for showing or something like that so it's really weird that he would be so yeah and that he would at that point or that he would have like done it somewhere else and then a friend finds him and is like well i'm just gonna take him to his house and leave that that makes no sense that makes no sense either that makes no sense yeah because if your friend found you you think that they would and he He would just report it well he knew where your house is you think he would you know report it to the police and then go to your house and be like listen yeah Yeah. you know exactly not take the body and was it it was in the driver's seat it was they just said across this front seat and i'm sure it was one of those like bench seats right i remember those it was like an old old oldsmobile okay so yeah, that's still I don't, weird. I, they didn't really say whether I'd he be was, curious. Yeah, had, had been sat. I don't know if he was completely lying across the front seat. If he was kind of sat and slumped over, I don't know. They they didn't say. Okay. I'd be curious if like his like his butt was on the driver's seat and his head was slumped. So if it was one of those benches, yeah. because that seems like he drove himself yeah. or he was placed like exactly. that. Exactly. The whole thing to me, and I could be super wrong. Sounds like a mob hit. <laughs> Are we there? Okay. Okay, so various theories have been advanced about his death. Most most are really implausible. One of them said it was an accident following a bad reaction to LSD. Uh, that I he mean, was knocked off by the Manson family. Somebody floated that as a theory, which makes no sense. Why would... What? They poured... Get, the Manson yeah, family weren't no, no, that it, advanced. It makes, it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, truly, they were more stibby-stabby than, yeah, like, you know... Yeah. Uh, another possibility is it, it was retribution for a dalliance with a girlfriend of a mob-connected uh, Los Angeles nightclub owner. It's a possibility. But Bobby's brother, Randy, believes that his brother's death was connected to a business deal that he wanted to back out of. Mm. So he said he remembered seeing his brother with a man named Morris Levy, who was the owner of Roulette Records, and he was closely associated with the East Coast Mafia. And including members of the Gambino, Genovese, and DeCalva Canty Oof, the, crime families. The big, big ones. The big names. Yeah. So this guy who's, like I said, he owns Roulette Records. He's connected yeah. with, you know, these big mob families. There's, it said there's a history of people who were associated with Morris Levy suffering beatings, threats, and sometimes death. So yeah. So he's a bad dude. But shortly before Bobby's death, the label that he was on, that Bobby was on, had signed an exclusive distribution deal with Roulette Records. Okay. 
Um, and it's possible that Bobby wanted to get out of that deal. Maybe he didn't, maybe he met Morris Levy, maybe he, who knows? Yeah, maybe he just thought about it and went, eh. Yeah, and he just wanted to get out of it. And then there's also a possibility that this girl situation was in there, too. Right. There's just, there's so, there's just no. Not enough yeah, information. Just not enough information. Yeah. You know, and it was so long ago that a lot of the key players are no longer Yeah. Around. So, and like I said, because the police... Which could have also been, if it was more That's what I was going to say. Involved with that too. Because they wouldn't have, if it was the Mansons, if we're just going to float that out here. First off, the Mansons were not that advanced to be fucking gasoline it's, people. Well, you know what I mean? It's just so far off from the stuff that the Mansons No, they're not. Yeah, in, no, so. that's so weird. That would be no, there's, that makes yeah. no sense to me. But yeah. like. And I think, like, there was something that said that I don't even think Charlie was around at this time. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember the timeline. But, like, if, um, <laughs> she just made a weird face. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, if we're floating that the Mansons could have done it, the police wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, whatever. They, they wouldn't have rushed it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But if they're under the fucking mob payroll, I mean, this is what, LA cops in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was still a fairly corrupt time. I was going to say, it's not yeah. like the ace detective work at that point. Exactly. No offense, Ellie Cops. Yeah. But, like, your history ain't great. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and it's just, like I said, because of the, the definitely the police were like, it's a suicide, that's it, we're not even going to mess with anything. I don't know that they even took photographs, they didn't dust that's for prints. That's weird. They didn't interview anybody. I'm sure they asked his mom, and she oh, yeah. was like, you know, well, he went he, to go. He left, yeah. and then he, you know, all of a sudden disappeared. The next well, yeah, day. and especially saying like her mom being her, his mom saying, uh, he just like left and took her car. So maybe he took her car because he was trying to hide from the fucking mom. Well, that's what I kind of wondered too. If like he got this call that he was supposed to go somewhere, and he felt like. Well, I don't want to drive my car. Right. I like, maybe little... he's being tracked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm 100%. Because I'm... It's, it's too... I don't see suicide because it's too... Gasoline is not... There's, like, a thousand easier ways to fucking do that. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't chug gasoline. Yeah. You know? And it also, because she saw it so quickly, like, he was gone, and then 30 minutes later he was there. Yeah. I almost wonder if they wanted to set it on fire... But well, and like I said, there there were um, the people that saw him because I think she saw the body and like probably called a like one of his associates, probably probably the guy that she was having look for the car, right? And because they they said somebody else said he looked like he had been beaten. Now, like I said, the coroner didn't find anything, but then who knows? The coroner the might coroner, have been told if it's not ma- to find Yeah, anything. I mean, it was just, if it's mafia, like yeah, you know, yeah. who knows what amount of corruption would yeah. have been at that point. Yeah. You know, especially you said big name mafia. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like small timers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and there was um I, I forgot to write this down, but there was an unsolved mysteries episode that they did a couple years ago about it. And after that, I think they altered the coroner's report to go to um an unknown death. Okay. I think they they, all, they went yeah. back and revisited it. But I don't it. think they're, they're doing any investigation. I mean, it's been so that. long at this point. Yeah. But that's really interesting. Yeah. It's To me, it sounds like a mob hit because any other... It sounds... So, it would be so complicated in any other 
you know, the mob is a little more into those, like, complicated, weird things yeah. than yeah. any other, like, organization or just, like, person would really be into. Yeah. Well, the other thing is you think about if it was some kind of intimidation technique, like, they were forcing him to drink gasoline, and, of course, then it would splash all over right. his body and stuff and beating him just to be, like, you know, whatever they're trying to intimidate him with, and they're, like, beating him and they're forcing him to drink gasoline, and then all of a sudden he dies. Yeah. That they would be like, oh shit, just take his, take it. Yeah, you I don't know, want. We're not dealing with this. Yeah, yeah, just take it back to his house and and get out of here. Yeah, you know, for sure. Which I think that sounds very. That sounds very possible. I think it's also very possible that they just like they were gonna set the car on fire in his driveway. Possible. And and then just and didn't, s- well, or know, it didn't light, or they saw his mom at the window and went, oh shit. Yeah. Like yeah. they might have thought nobody was home. True. Who knows? You know, True. it's weird. Yeah. It's definitely weird. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I think it's very likely that there wasn't the intent to kill for sure. More of the intent to threaten. That's very possible. Yeah. But I mean, if you're shoving fucking gasoline down someone's throat, I feel like maybe you know, maybe you should know that death is on the table. <laughs> well, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you can beat somebody and all of a sudden they die. Well, yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, like you know, anyone can get clocked in the nose. Yeah. And yeah. Instantly die. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't know. That's a weird one. Anyway. Okay, let's let's move on to a few other Buddy Holly connections. Okay, so we're not going to solve this mystery today? <laughs> no. Like I said, I mean, that's uh, my I lean towards it being some kind of mob It's The second you started talking about the gasoline shit, yeah. I was like, that's the mob, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> but um, after Buddy Holly's death, his band, the Crickets, hired a guy named David Box to replace him. Box? B-O-X? B-O-X. Okay. David Box. It really, it didn't work out, and David left to go solo after a few years. In 1964, he was, he was doing some touring. You know, he was never really successful, but he was yeah, still. Yeah, but he was, you know. Yeah, he was still pursuing a career as a musician. But um, he hired a Cessna Skyhawk to fly to a show in Harris County, Texas. Okay. Shortly after takeoff, eerily reminiscent of Buddy's death, mm-hmm. the plane nosedived into the ground, killing all three passengers. He was 22 when he died. This Jesus. didn't make his buddy. That's weird. Yeah. Was it... Sorry. the So all the passengers, including the pilot? I think it was him and... Well, it said all the passengers. I'm assuming the pilot died, too, and, but it would be him and his other okay. fellow musicians. Okay. Was there, like, any reason given as to why it nosedived or no. just incompetence? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know whether it was plane failure. I don't know if it was weather conditions. Okay. I'm just I curious. Mean, you know, this wasn't newsworthy enough that there's a ton of information I just worried. Just wondering. I didn't yeah. know how much was in there and how much wasn't. Yeah. In 1977, the movie The Buddy Holly Story was released. Yep. And the movie wasn't super accurate to Buddy's life. There's a lot of, you know, right. stuff that they did for drama. Like, they they made it out like Buddy's parents didn't support him when they totally they did. They were totally chill. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, all that drama stuff. But they everybody said that, you know, Gary Busey did a really, really good job as Buddy Holly. Right. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar. And uh, I don't just nominated. I don't I have remember. no idea. Um, but shortly after the release, Gary was in an almost fatally injured in an, in a motorcycle accident. Oh, weird. Yeah. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that he's batshit crazy these days. But was his head injured? Probably. Then maybe. Probably. And um, Robert Gitler, who wrote the screenplay, committed suicide. 
Oh, that's so, sad. Yeah. That I have less. It's, it's a connection, but it's a tenuous. A, that yeah, one's they, a little too tenuous because to me more that's more like tenuous as time goes that's on. That's like, oh, this person probably was just suffering with no, some no, stuff. No, no, for sure. For sure. You know? I mean, like it I wasn't said, in a it wasn't a freak accident. Well, yeah. I mean, curses aren't going to be every single one is like a top. No, know. but I would I would assume like freak accident would be a little closer than like suicide. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Did they find gasoline in his stomach? Because then. No, it's like suicide. Okay. Okay, on September 6th, 1978, Keith Moon attended the London premiere of the Buddy Holly story with Paul and Linda McCartney. Mm -hmm. And when he got home, he took a handful of sleeping pills and a sedative called Hemenivrin. 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 And this was a sedative he had been prescribed to help with his alcoholism. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was effective or not. Okay. Oh, oh, you said he took... Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said he was like... For some reason, when you were like, this is what he was prescribed to take for alcoholism, I thought you had also said, and then he chugged a thing of whiskey, oh, and I was like, don't worry, he, he did? stopped drinking. Cool, that's what I thought. Um, the next morning, he woke up, he had something to eat, he drank some champagne. Yeah, it's Keith Moon, I mean. And he took some more of the Hemonevrin. I think he was Boy. like, I think he was like, well, uh, <laughs> champagne's this. lesser. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was it. Oh I, boy. I, do. I think it was like, well, if I take the Hemenrivin, I'm probably really fucking. That I name up. listen. We're not doctors. If, if I take this drug, then I won't be drinking whatever he gin or vodka or whatever <laughs> it was that he was known for drinking. That's a very like. But but I can still drink champagne. It's just champagne. It's just champagne. That's a very almost like rock star kind of move. Oh yeah, for sure. In a very sad way. I'm not condoning any of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it is very, very rock starry. Um, a few hours later, on September 7th, he was dead. Yeah. September 7th was also Buddy Holly's birthday. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. So there's the connection. He had just seen That's the movie. That's a little weird. And then the very next day right. he died, and it I mean, was Buddy's birthday. Let's keep it real. Keith Moon didn't have a, a like, if he's doing all that kind of oh, shit. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, this it, was the path that Keith was on. Yeah. It's just a weird It's connection. a weird connection, a for weird sure. connection. For sure. I'm just saying, like, Keith Moon probably wasn't gonna, you know. Yeah. If he was gonna keep doing that kind of shit, he wasn't long for this yeah. world. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Um, in 1979, Ricky Nelson re- recorded two Buddy Holly songs. I don't know if you know who Ricky Nelson was. He was Nothing's an, ringing bells. Yeah, I don't know if we'll do a, an episode on him or not, but he was, um... He had been an actor with his family that did the Ozzy and Harriet nelson show okay and it was him and his parents and his um older brother and they started out as just like the family sitcom and of course ozzy and harriet were right. the stars were of the this. stars yeah and ricky i think he was like i just throwing a number out there i think he was like maybe 13 or 14 when the show okay. started and the show was really successful and then after a couple of years he's starting to get into teenage years and right. he was starting to get interested in music and so they started they kind of incorporated that into the, the show, the show, okay. and then all of a sudden he became like a teen idol. Right. Obviously, he's on TV. He's a cute kid. He's singing. Well, yeah. Like, you know, the kind of safe puppy love kind of song. It's, it's easy when you're around 11, 13, 12 yeah. for a girl to be like absolutely, absolutely. You know, and like I said, and he's on TV. Yeah, exactly. And he had some some hits, and um, he continued to be a musician the rest of his life. But he kind of he did struggle because he really wanted to break out of that. You know, like, he he then very quickly, at a very young age, was considered an oldies act. Right. And he had a hard time breaking out of that. He did have a pretty big hit. He played at um, 
Madison Square Garden. I, this was sometime in the 70s. And um, he's trying to play his newer music, and he got booed for it. Aww. And so then he wrote a song called Garden Party. Okay. And, which turned into a big hit. Of and course. it was about, you know. Yeah. Trying, yeah, booed. yeah, basically. That sucks. So, but then it ended up being. <laughs> but at least like, he got that, yeah. But that's insane. So yeah, it's pretty funny. I'd be like, the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in 1979, he recorded two Buddy Holly songs, "Rave On" and "True Love Ways." Mm-hmm. And he was playing at the because he did still play the oldies circuit. It, it was where he got the majority of his gigs. Right. Um, and he really had a crazy life. Like I said, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Probably. Um. But anyway, around how old would he be at this point um, when he's doing like the the circuit? Do you know? I'm gonna say probably. I didn't. I didn't write down how old he was when he died. He's probably 40s. Okay. Maybe? Just curious. Yeah, probably early 40s. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Um. But he played an oldies concert, and his very last song, his encore song, he played "Rave On." Okay. And then after the show, he and his band flew off in a reconditioned DC-3 and crashed in DeKalb, Texas. Oh. Away. Yeah. So, yeah. Last time another, he ever played. Yeah. Played and, and another crash. And another another airplane, airplane crash. crash. Yep. Um, was this similar in the way of, like, right after takeoff? Or that I don't, don't know. know? Okay. I, yeah, I, I didn't, because, like, I, I wasn't really researching no, yeah. him too much, because I figured we'd probably talk about him later. That's fine. But, uh, but yeah, another plane crash. Weird. Yeah. So that's, what, three plane crashes now? Three. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, in 1990, Del Shannon, who had had, this is, I think, the last one. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Um, in 1990, Del Shannon, who had had a hit in the mid-60s with a song called Runaway, okay. was trying to make a comeback. His backing band was the Crickets. Okay. And they played on February 3rd, 1990, at the Surf Ballroom. After that show, Del returned home, and then a few days later, on February 9th, he took his life with a shotgun. Oh. And the last show that Buddy Holly had played was at the Surf was that Ballroom. The ballroom? Sorry, Roxy just hit yeah. my... So that's still more tenuous. Yeah. But it's a connection. It's, it's definitely a connection. Played the same place. It's the same place. The same band. Yeah, the same band. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Weird. So that's it. I didn't, I haven't found any, I looked for, see if there's anything more recent than that. But Probably not. Just about. Oh, there she goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, weird. So that's it. Yeah. That's the Buddy Holly curse. What Those... do you think? Do you believe in the curse? Um, there's two that are suicides, so maybe not so much. That, to me, is a little, like... Yeah, unless it's the depression thing that, you know, people connected to Buddy have harder... Maybe. Struggles? But this is also... We're also looking at, like, the 60s, and... I mean, let's just put everything out on the table. How many people in the 60s were taking prescribed medicine for depression or going to therapists? Oh, for, yeah, for sure. Not it's way less yeah. than it is way now. Less. So I wouldn't be surprised if the suicide rate was higher. I don't know if this is true or not. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if the suicide rate was higher at that point and that was Possible. Lower. I just don't know. Possible. So, like, those two I don't have much weight in. Yeah. The mob hit, to me, is fucking wild. Yeah. That's just some wild shit. Yeah. Because, like, fucking gasoline, that's honestly horrific yeah but like unbelievably interesting yeah (laughs) 
Uh, and then it lets a lot of plane crashes. Yeah. And I feel like the plane crashes don't happen that often. Yeah, I, though, I do think there is a higher incident for somebody like a traveling musician Yeah. to have some kind of, like, either a car crash or plane crash or something like that because you are traveling oh, more yeah, often. Oh, yeah, for sure. And often in sketchier situations that normal people, like, if you're, if you're, like, a businessman and you're supposed to fly out to somewhere and there's a snowstorm, you might be like, you know what, we can cancel the trip right. and, or we can reschedule it. Whereas if you're like, oh, no, I have to get to a gig because I've got, I've sold, you know, a couple thousand right. tickets and I have to play for that gig or I have to refund all that money, you're going to be a little more willing to take the risk. Well, yeah. You know? And then if you're... And also these are younger people too, so they're a little more reckless in their well, decisions. Well, yeah. And I wonder too, like... You okay? Sorry. Yeah, I just had to cough. I didn't want to cough directly. In my <laughs> uh, I wondered too. So, like, were all of these private jets or like small airplanes? Um, I think most of them were. I'm not too sure about Ricky Nelson's because I don't know how big the. Okay. What was it? A DC something? I don't other. know. I know nothing about planes. Um, a DC three. I don't know how big that is. I know nothing about planes, so um, I was just curious. Yeah, but, I don't remember anything about that crash. I mean, I was around for that, but I just don't remember. Yeah, as a kid, I didn't pay attention. I didn't know who he was. So. Yeah. I was just curious because I feel like the the chances of a private plane crashing versus a oh yeah commercial a lot airline higher. is way a lot higher. higher. Yeah, the other the other ones definitely were. I know like that. Cessna is a pretty small plane. Yeah, the one that Buddy was on was. Is a I knew Buddy's was plane. really tiny. Yeah, that's what I was curious about because I feel like that does raise mm-hmm. the stakes a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't know if I believe in the curse, but I definitely feel like that's a lot of coincidences. It is a lot of coincidences. It's really weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's enough that, that people noticed. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, As opposed For sure. to somebody else dying and people being like, oh, yeah, there's all these things connected to it. You mean, they noticed all this. They noticed all of it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I think is interesting. Yeah. And definitely, like I said, the amount of plane crashes is weird. And the amount of, like, accidents, just car accidents, too, is really fucking weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm sorry, but being like mob hit gasoline is now one of that's my worst. That's a crazy one. That's, that's one of my that's fears really now. Me even though this. I'm not. Yeah, because I was looking for a story to do. I want to do a fairly quick. Yeah. Story because of you know we got a like, pack. Gotta <laughs> um, and so when I was looking in it, I was like, oh, there was something about this death of Bobby Fuller, and I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, but in terms of like building a playlist off of, right? He had one hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um. And then it said something about the curse of Buddy Holly, and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so then I started looking and saw Oh, yeah, the, that's that's yeah, weird. That's crazy, a weird one. That's a weird one, yeah. for sure. And on the playlist, I put, like, I put the Eddie Cochran songs, and I put right. the Buddy Fuller, and then I also put, like, the covers. Like, most notably, I thought The Law has been covered by The Clash. I think yes. everybody's heard that version. Yes. And then Summertime Blues has been covered by a lot of people, but most notably by The Who. The Who, yeah. That they had a big I'm one. sure that I've heard The Who cover. Yeah, it's like a live cover. It's, yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty, uh, yeah. And then I thought good. the law is like, you know. Of course. You yeah. can turn on any radio station that's going to be on. Yeah. It's yeah. so iconic. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 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 I'll have to consider if that's a real curse or not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's not as, like, like... Like the James Dean curse and stuff like that, I feel like it's so scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that one I don't find as like you know, cr- 
incredible, I guess. Yeah. Just because there's a lot of, like, I mean, accidents happen. They're in smaller airplanes. Yeah. You know, suicides happen. It's It sucks, but those are things that happen. Yeah. Whereas, like, to me, the James Dean person is fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't know. Um, it's a weird one. Upcoming... I do want to do, I, I kind of want to close the book on the 50s. Yeah. Um, so we are going to do Elvis Presley. I got to do some research because obviously he'll be yeah, he's a probably big, a two-parter at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's also hard. Yeah. We, it probably won't be next week. It might be in the next couple Maybe couple, next couple, couple weeks. Couple weeks. It's hard to, Elvis is not one that I personally really listen to or you. Yeah, he's not. So it's a little harder to get like, yeah. all of that information. Yeah. My other daughter, Emily, was a, she went through a really She really loves Elvis, in her, yeah. In her, in her teens, so I did get some song recommendations from her. Yeah. So, uh... I like Elvis, I, you know. Yeah, it's not that I don't like him. I, he's not I've just one never that really I... explored his yeah. music like I really got into you know, the Beatles. Right. And Stones. For me, he's just not one that... I've always been more interested in the, like weird Elvis shit, obviously, because mm-hmm. I tend to enjoy that anyway. Yeah. So, you know, when we get to, like, impersonators and shit like that. Yeah. Like, all the haunting, yeah. like, Elvis hauntings and shit. Yeah. That's where I kind of hit. Yeah. You know, I like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But his think, music I never got too much into. I think Elvis is still alive. I, you know, I don't. <laughs> but I really enjoy that. I think it's really interesting. I do, however, think that Tupac might still be alive. <laughs> So, oh, but that's for a later episode. That's a later. That's a much later episode. We'll do Tupac and Biggie. That actually might be a me episode. Okay, so well, that's it. That's it, man. Um, thanks Weird. to Billy Zen for our theme song. Thank you, Billy Zen. Thanks for Rachel for our logo. You're welcome. We have an Instagram, Tales from the Rockside. Yep. I think I last yeah, week I accidentally it, called it Rockside Tales. You'll find it no matter what. Yeah. I don't think anything else is called that. So yeah. Instagram, Tales from the Rockside, and we have a Facebook. Um, but we're more on Instagram. Instagram's the one that we're really trying to push. Yeah, please like, rate, review on iTunes. Recommend us, please, please, please. Oh we really, if you think we're at least there. a little fun, yes, just tell people. Don't tell people. Yeah, tell people. Hey, I'm listening to this new podcast with these two stupid girls. <laughs> That's what <laughs> the they, podcast is called. <laughs> they, they don't stay on track at all. <laughs> hey, we didn't do too bad today. No. I didn't get distracted by the dog. It's because you were staring at the dog. The she whole was time. so cute. Yeah. She's got no teeth. Yeah. Anyway, Rachel, Rachel might put up a picture of the dog. At some point. Know what it is. It's a idiot. What we're talking That's about. That's what it is. Hi, Max. Okay. Thanks for listening. Rock on. I need to stop singing that because it's, <laughs> it's not good. We're sorry. Sorry. Bye. <laughs>